Good morning, Hill City. How are we doing today? Woo! Happy Easter. I want to see if you guys uh, do me a favor. Why don't you stand up and sing with us? You guys look beautiful, by the way. There's a lot of different colors out there. I chose to go with the simple white. coming in. That would be amazing. Thank you for coming and happy Easter. Let's praise a little bit more. 
sing this out.
suffer death on a tree to take the blame so that we could be free. How could a master be beaten and bruised? How could a Messiah be spit on abused? How could a Lord be accused and refused? If he is who he said he was, then how could he lose? 72 hours the earth felt its doom. 72 hours he laid alone in that tomb but he did not stay there his strength would not fade there no bones would decay there instead death was slayed there a dead life raised there his power displayed there our hope was made there now sin cannot shake us bury crush or beat us shame will not conquer condemn or defeat us we are alive because he is alive we rise up because he is risen we know love because he first loved us we win because he first got up. And he still gets up, stands up to fight for you, stoops down in the mire for you, holds out the light for you, breathes in new life for you. From east to west, our sins were hurled. The reason for his dying, for God so loved the world. That's a love without partiality. One that threw out legality, despite our morality, still suffers brutality. Think about it. If you were a king, would you allow yourself to be broken? If everything was yours just because you'd spoken, would you die and drink pain for all of your enemies? Would you allow yourself to be slain for devilish tendencies? Could you crush your son's frame for those who profane your name? become nothing 
and forfeit all fame? Would you give up your joy and be stripped of your peace if I told you doing so would get prisoners released? God could extinguish the slain, but without his death on the cross, our sins will remain. And that is a love that gives us new graces, new life, new freedom, new stars, new embraces. From the one who leaves no places, traces of who we were before we took our places. Now that is a love with no rejection, no demand for perfection, no judges' objection, but affection, connection, a dead life resurrection. That is a love that we have no peace, because it feels no wound, it feels no pain. He rose from darkness to glory. He rewrote our story. He is alive. Amen. You may be seated today.
Good morning. If you're comfortable for just 10 seconds, would you raise your hand to God and lift him higher? The Bible talks about raising hands. You don't have to if you don't want to. But in this moment, we just give, I'm going to pray and then we're going to continue God as a sign of submission and as a sign that you are God this morning, God. We raise our hands and we say, you are God. You are big. You are glorious, God. And in this moment, we love you, God. You came to us and sent your son. And we're forever grateful for that. We're forever grateful, God, that you came to us, God. And we lift up the name of Jesus, God, that you would be higher. You would be higher this morning, God. We love you. We love you. Say it in your words. Say these simple words. I love you, God. Say it one more time. I love you, God. Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Give God a big hand. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated this morning. Man, I feel like we already did church. Amen. We're done. No, we're not done. We're going to be here for two more hours. No, I'm just kidding. Don't worry. If you guys, uh, man, it's so good to have you guys on Easter Sunday. My name's Paul. I'm part of the leadership team here. And um, you could have gone anywhere this morning. Um, if you've been coming to church here, you know, you ha- kind of had to come here. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, it's good to see some old faces and some new ones. Um, man, we are out of chairs, and I'm sorry. You guys just crushed our chair inventory this morning. Um, Nobody who has a ch- who doesn't have a chair was clapping just now. I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, there's some chairs up here. Um, if you guys have a couple next to you, can you just raise your hand for some people? We don't want you guys. Come on, more hands raised. No, just kidding. Um, if you have a chair, you guys, you know, don't feel like you have to come back here. Um, John will give up his seat in a second. He'll be speaking, and uh, there's seats in the front row. Anybody like in the classroom or to like go to the front of the class, and you're like, no, I want to be in the back and mess around. Um, no, but seriously, uh, is this open? That one's taken. So there's like six chairs right up here. Seriously, guys, don't don't hesitate. And there's another six up here. I will personally escort you up here. Um, man, welcome to Easter. Jen and the team, um, I got a little emotional because my daughter was one of those little girls in the white dress. Man, it's like when they left with the flags, it's like, oh, we got to worship without them. Um, but uh, man, happy Easter. Happy Easter. Or as I asked my friend Franco, I said, what is Easter in Spanish? Is it Feliz Easter? I mean, no, it's not Feliz Easter. I'm going to try to get this right. Feliz Dia de la Resurrección. Really bad Spanish, I know. Total white guy speaking Spanish. But better than a Korean guy speaking Spanish, because that would be absolutely disgusting. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, John's our pastor. He is 100% Korean. and uh, But... Um, Anyway, um, I love it because in East, in Spanish, it's not happy. I don't even know what Easter means. It's probably something in the Greek or Latin, but I love the Spanish because it's happy resurrection day. And that's what we're here for, amen? We're here to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Um, if you're not a Christian or you, you don't really know this Jesus thing, you're like, yeah, I know Jesus is his character and this person that a bunch of people follow. Um, our, our, our pastor, John, he's going to be able to speak a little bit more and, and hopefully illuminate and educate and uh, really just uh, give you guys a perspective on who this guy is that we follow. Um, we're a religion that should have probably died 2,000 years ago, 
if you really know about it and the craziness of it. But yet again, um, we're here 2,000 years still worshiping this beautiful person. And um, Hill City Church, uh, what we're about is really intentional, genuine uh, following of Jesus. And the way that we do that, when we say genuine, we mean we're kind of messed up, right? Anybody perfect in here? John's wife? No, she's not. Sorry, Candace. Um, she's like thumbs down. Um, but, uh, you know, we're not perfect, but we're following this, this, this person, this, uh, the spirit that we, uh, we believe absolutely changed our lives. And we do that by, follow, by creating community. Who needs community this morning? Amen? Man, Americans, crazy, right? Shutting our garages and all sorts of things. I don't want to put us in a bad place, but man, we need community just as much as some third world countries. Man, we need each other. At the end of the day, you can pursue all the riches, all the glory, everything for yourself. At the end of the day, you're going to look at yourself and say, man, I'm most fulfilled and most happy when I'm in relationship with others and ultimately relationship with Jesus. And ultimately, I got to not preach. I'll, I got to tell me to get down. But at the end of the day, it's so that you can find purpose in your own life and change our world. That's simple as it. That's what we're about here. So we have a lot of good programs, a lot of good things. I'm not going to go into that, but uh, we want to take just a couple things to highlight. One is uh, we have a great kids program. Um, this uh, They're going on right now, Hill City Kids. They're probably just as maxed out in here. I think we put like 70 chairs in there, um, and they're probably maxing that out too. Um, can you imagine having 70 kids in one room, Kenny? That sounds amazing. <laughs> No, but if you, uh, we always looking for people to help serve. We have a great, wonderful, fantastic team um, from our, our babies all the way up, um, you know, throughout multiple uh, to the other generations and um, other things that we do. So uh, the other thing I want to highlight, there's a table right out there called Growth Track. If it's your first time, um, you're like, what is this thing? I'm just coming here. Um, but we want to know, we want you to know that we have a, we have a system of, of getting involved and becoming part of this church. Um, we would love for every single one of you, of course. Um, we have a very systematic way to move you through. It's called Growth Track. So if you're interested, please go inundate Mark Mitchell and the team right out here to your right. Um, there's a sign-up table, and we'd love to get your information and sign you up um, and ultimately answer any questions. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and move forward with service. Ushers, if you guys come forward, um, we're going to continue as part of our worship, as part of our offering to God. Um, we believe in, in also giving not only of our time and our, and our talents and things we're good at, but also giving of our, even our finances. And uh, God calls us to that. If this is your first time, have no pressure to give it all. Please don't if you don't feel like it. If you want to, go for it. But this is for the people of, of our church um, and the people of God that want to uh, continue in their worship and giving of their finances. Um, so if this is your first time, no pressure at all. Um, and if you're... Uh, if, you're, uh, if this is part of your church, of course, it's part of what we do. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to give it over to, to Pastor John to, uh, to uh, continue in the, in the message this morning. God, I just want to take a moment, if we haven't already, and to let the message of, God, of Christ's resurrection uh, soak into my spirit this morning. That without that single event... Without that moment that happened that, that Pastor John's going to talk about, God, we wouldn't be here today. And so, God, I thank you for having a plan for humanity. I thank you for sending your son and ultimately for that, that, that compelling and, and mo that moment that happened over 2,000 years ago where you woke up and, you, and you, you rose from the dead, God. God, bless this church. Thank you that we can walk into a place this morning and worship you. Um, that we have breath in our lungs, that we can see, that we can hear, that we can do all these things that we many times take for granted, God. We worship you. 
We make you higher this morning, God. We love you. We thank you again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Easter. Happy Easter. Tell your neighbor happy Easter. What's up? Give him your name. Right? For some of you singles, this might be it, guys. Right? All right, say happy Easter to the person you pick second on the other side of you. Tell them happy Easter. Yeah. It's all right. Welcome to Hill City Church. Just so glad that you guys are here. And uh, if this is your first time, thank you for being here. My name is John, and you guys can, if you have need any information, you can check out the guest center uh, right outside. And we, uh, it's just, you can get info, get connected. We get into groups every, during the week. And groups are just, uh, just people getting together during the week, doing life together. We find that very, very important to your faith. Faith is a team sport, bottom line. You cannot do it alone. There's nowhere in the Bible where they do faith alone. You do it together. If you do things alone for too long, you get weird, all right? That's just, just being honest with you. And if, uh, you know, you know who you are, uh, you know who you are. Uh, but at Hill City, we want you, just like Paul said, to encounter Jesus, find family, discover your purpose, and make a difference. We're not here for us. If, you're, if we're just living for us, there's an emptiness. I'm telling you, you can live as hard for yourself as you can, but you still find that there has to be more. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Today, if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps or your phones, please go to Mark chapter 16. We celebrate the Word of God here, and we believe that the Word of God changes our heart, changes our lives, and ultimately reveals Jesus, and, and that's what we want to do today. So uh, we're in Mark 16, and the message is called The Aftermath, The Aftermath. And I'm going to read to you, and then we're going to run right through it, all right? And uh, we're going to put it up behind me as well, so you can hang with me there. Happy Easter. So good to see you. I'm going to just start reading. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us for, from the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw the stone, which, a very, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. And when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in white robes sitting at the right side. The women were shocked. And, the men, you know, there was no men yet, right? Because uh, they're, they're still sleeping, all right? And, but the angel said, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where he laid his body. Now go tell his disciples, including Peter, the one that denied him three times, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. And you will see him there just as he told you before. He died. The women fled from the tomb, trembling, bewildered, and said nothing to anyone because you were too frightened. They were too frightened. And that's the word of God. That's the word of God. I love this account of Jesus. Does this sound okay or should I switch over to a regular microphone? Sounds okay? Okay, right, right on. I love this account of Jesus. And, and I love when it says, it, it declares that it says, He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. And it's not like CGI. I mean, He is risen from the dead like for real, Richard. He is, gone. He is not here. And I know this is nuts, right? But I, I, we think about this, and this is what Christians believe, and we are, okay, that's what Christians believe. Uh, but I want to ask this huge question that I, I think is the most important question when we think about the resurrection. What now? 
If Jesus rose from the dead, what now? What now? What does that mean for you and me? And how is that supposed to change my life in 2017 in Thornton, Colorado, packed out in a cafetorium of a middle school, right? As you drove your, your Toyota Prius in here or whatever, how is that supposed to affect my life, Franco, right? And, and that's a great question. I'm glad you asked. And uh, because we are here on Easter Sunday and it's the day that it all began. And we're going to watch a video. If you have your kids, we do have a kids program. I just warn you, it's the passion of the Christ. There's some gruesome moments there. Uh, but I, I believe this uh, depicts so good for us. What now? Let's go.
intense right but that's the real deal I know it's gruesome it was supposed to be I know they're suffering they're supposed to be I I love the words in that song it says in that moment of glorious surrender you were broken for all the world to see and lifted out of the ashes I'm found in the aftermath man what beautiful words and today I'm gonna speak to you about the cross but about the resurrection and then I'm going to push you a little further because I believe we need to continue to move on and move past and do what God has called us to do. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the resurrection just historically. Now, number one, how did these cowardly, common, uneducated, oppressed under the Roman Empire disciples who ran in the sight of oppression and all of a sudden get such boldness to start a movement called Christianity? How? Unless there was a resurrection, all of them but one gave their life as martyrs. Actually, it was supposed to be all of them. But uh, one of them, it was hard to kill him, right? And that was John. And then he was, uh, he was uh, thrown onto an island and he died of old age. But if this was a made-up story, who would die for something they would make up? Especially you just common folk, fishermen, right? Number two, how did Jesus convince his family that he was God and they worshipped him, right? Just think about that for a moment. Imagine you, you're like, hey, Gary, I'm God, right? Like, how hard, it, like, you might convince somebody that you are God, right? But you're not going to convince your family. Like, Gary's not going to listen to you because he bunked with you when you were a kid and you peed in bed, right? He knows you're not God. He knows that you have you got some messed up stuff in your past. Well, you're not going to convince your family. But at the end of Jesus' life, after he died and was rose again, the very brother James, the one who hated him, didn't want to like believe him, the one who was trying to pull him out of the crowd and get him away from people, was the one that led the church in Jerusalem. And he died as a martyr. Your brother would die and call you God. That's just insane. Number three, what do you do for the fact that 2,000 years ago, church was on Saturday, all right? It used to be well, church and worship was on Saturday. And then all, the, all of a sudden, after the resurrection, it became on Sunday. And let me tell you one thing. If you know church people, they don't like change. They don't like change. They sit in the same seat. They like the same songs. I'm telling you, just ask church people what kind of songs you like. It's the same song, like whenever they went to church, right? Whenever you grew up, that's what, and oh, I, I sit here. I'm sorry. You're in my seat, Richard. That's, uh, 
that's my God-ordained seat for myself, right? We don't, they don't like change, but, but in church changed days from Saturday, uh, from Saturday to Sunday because of the resurrection. Number four, what do you do with this incredible spread of Christianity? There was nothing like it. Within three centuries, half the Roman Empire claimed Jesus as Lord. This is crazy because Jesus or Christianity was the slave's religion, and the dominant religion of Rome was getting just annihilated by the slave movement, the slave religion of Christianity during the most hostile, insane times and on and on. The world was rocked by Jesus and the resurrection, splitting literally time and half from B.C. to A.D. And we can go on and on about all the literature that was written about Jesus from non-Christians, from Jewish historians, Roman historians, Greek historians. And we can go on and on about that. But it's crazy about maybe about the 5,000 documents, ancient documents that's on just the New Testament alone. I mean, there's not, nothing even close to that, and we can talk about it, but I want to move because maybe I want to ask you, there was a resurrection that changed everything. And I know I'm speaking to a mixed group of people, some Christians and some not, some egg hunters and some checking this Jesus thing out, some just looking for dates. I know, it's all right. Your hot girlfriend brought you here, and you're, you're all in. You love Jesus now, right? <laughs> But uh, my hope is that you encounter Jesus today and he awakens your soul and, 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 and you sense his love and his purpose for your life. Because each and one of us, I don't care who you are, you want purpose. You desire it. There's something in you that you need purpose. And it only comes, I'm going to tell you, from God. And it does. And it starts with the resurrection. So this, uh, for a couple of weeks, I've been uh, talking to my son Ezra. He's five, right? Super inquisitive. He's five. I pulled a tooth of his yesterday, and so he's missing three teeth on the, on the bottom now, right? And lately, we've been engaging in deeper spiritual talk. I don't know if you have been uh, speaking to your kids uh, about Easter, but he said, Dad, Dad, did you know Jesus died on the cross? I'm like, yes, for our sins, Dad. Then he rose again on Easter, and I'm like, I just start smiling, right? I mean, he must have incredible parents. Uh, he, he does. I mean, his mom's cool, but his dad must be just incredible. And, and, and so I push him a little further. You know, like, the pastor in me is just pushing him a little further. And I, I ask him, like, so what does that mean? What does that mean for us? Like, what now, right? And the, this pastor's side is coming up, and I'm hoping that he would say, it's the atonement for the remission of our sins, Dad, for God's regenerative plan for our lives. So through soul sanctification, there's transformation as we walk in relationship with God. Amen. But he doesn't say that. Right? He's five, right? He's five. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting for what his, his mind would come up with. And he said, he died, Dad, for my birthday. <laughs> Jesus is going to give me presents. So I rebuke him in the name of the Lord, right? I drag him out of bed like United Airlines. No, I'm, I don't do that. I, no, I, I, I don't do that. He's five, man. Give him a break. But, uh, but the funny thing is, right, Ezra, he, Ezra's, Ezra has this thought, he has this thought of, about, and this misunderstanding, and, and, and this misunderstanding about Jesus and the resurrection is not uh, uncommon among Christians. Many people believe in Jesus, but I want to ask you the big question, but now what? 
Now what? Okay, I believe in Jesus. I believe the cross. I believe the resurrection. But now what? All right, we go to church. We act holy. We don't cuss and we don't sleep around. Is that the what that Jesus was asking from us? Or is there so much more to this resurrected life? And I say there is. So number one, first we have to understand our world is broken. Our world is broken. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. I don't know if you see that something's wrong. Like you look around, you look across the street, you look at your schools, you, you look at your workplace. You can look even in your own, own home and you understand something is wrong. So much confusion and so much pain, so much hurting. People, so, I know so many people that just can't deal with life. And they're on anti-anxiety pills just to deal with life. And I get it because life is so hard because something is wrong. And then we look at the news and all the bickering and all the bitterness and all the school shootings and the missiles. It's getting crazy, right? And, and, and it's broken. It's broken. Our world is broken. And you know this. You know this. There's, there's moments of glimpse uh, of goodness, but a lot of times it's broken. See, if I just sat here and I told you the good news of Jesus and didn't tell you there's bad news, I'd be lying to you. I'd just be giving you half the reason, half the gospel. But it is broken and God knows this. And the point of the Bible, it's not a book of rules like many of us think it is. It's, 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 it's a plan of God to restore our world, to bring heaven down. So I'm going to go through just like the Bible, like uh, the summary real quick. 2,000 years ago, before Jesus, God starts a plan with a man named Abraham. He's a nobody from nowhere. Yet God wants to use this man to use his lineage and he would bring about his plan of redemption of Christ, right? 1,500 years before Jesus, God gave his people the law. The law gives us an idea of how things should be, how God's uh, plan works out, but we keep messing things up. Even though we know the law, we know the rules, we keep hurting each other and we keep hurting ourselves, right? So God gives us sacrifices and blood is shed. So we know how serious our sin is. Blood is shed to cover our sin. And it's a hint of what is coming. It is not the main thing. It's a hint of what is coming. A thousand years before Jesus, the prophets start prophesying about God's kingdom, the Messiah, the King, and and then a baby is born in Nowheresville, Nazareth. Nazareth is like being born in Sterling, Colorado. I don't know if you've been to Sterling, right? You just go right through Sterling or Lock Bowie. What's Lock Bowie? It's, I, I call it North Brighton, right? Lock Bowie. Like Jesus was born in Lock Bowie to common parents who, and, and Joseph was carpenter by trade. And yet this Jesus, this commoner, speaks like no one has ever spoken. He heals. He loves like no one has ever loved, right? His life is perfect to make up for yours and mine. And he goes to the cross. He goes to the cross as a perfect sacrifice. Bloodshed for my sin, for your sins, and the sins of the world. Taking on our punishment our offense against God and one another. So if we sit in this room, we are no better than anyone else. We are an all in need of Jesus. We are absolutely all in need of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, God made him a new no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We are not righteous within ourselves. We are not. And, and so we're saved by an absolute act of God. Bottom line, that's it. It's this crazy move love of God. And, and many of us, we believe this, but what now? I'm going to keep on asking you, what now? What do we do now? How shall we now live? How shall we now live? We know what God is saving us from, but what is God saving you to? 
We know what God is saving us from, but what is God wanting us, saving us to? I think that's the big question for us now here in this room in 2017. See, Romans 6, 4, Paul talks about it back in the day. He says, we were buried therefore with him, talking about Jesus, by baptism into death. So when you get baptized, it's a symbolic uh, way of saying, I am I'm dying to myself. Like, my life is not my own. It is Christ. And, and in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of his Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Say newness of life. Newness of life. Say it like you mean it. Newness of life. Newness of life. That's right. The newness of life. For you who claim Jesus, everything is different for you. I just want to tell you that. If you, for those who say that I follow Jesus, everything must be different for you. It cannot be the same. John 10.10 10 says he saves us to abundant life. John 3 says he saves us to eternal life. Galatians 5, he saves us to freedom. 1 Corinthians 12, he saves us to community, significance, purpose, joy, and a mission. A whole new way to live, a newness of life. Yet when we miss it, we settle for the old stuff, right? When you miss the newness of life, when you miss the purposes of God, when you stop at the cross and you say, I'm saved, now I'm going to live my life because uh, Jesus is going to bless me because, I, 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 uh, because he needs me so bad, right? We, we put ourselves on this weird pedestal like, well, he better, you know, I mean, I gave my life to the Lord, right? We get weird like, like he needs us, right? You, God just kind of needs me. I'm that good. I'm, you know, I, I'm the only, or only Korean pastor in Thornton, so God needs me. <laughs> right? I said, I told uh, the congregation last week, I'm the, I'm the best and the worst Korean pastor in Thornton. Because I'm the only one. Right? But you, we can get to a place when we are good people and we're like, oh, God needs me because I'm so good, Isaac. I've been doing good stuff. You need me. And at the end of the day, listen, God don't need you. He doesn't need your prayers. He doesn't need your worship. He doesn't need your amens. He don't need us. He wants us. That's a very different point of view. And until we understand that God wants us and God loves us, we think he needs us. And now, oh, I'm going to be good now. I'm going to follow some rules. So God, give me the applause, right? And then, then what, what is God? He's just, a, he's, he, he's just whatever, the, the applause guy. He's number two. You're number one, right? See, it's a whole new way of living. Don't miss it or we settle for the old stuff. We put ourselves on autopilot. Have you ever put... I know that many of us in this room, we have so many dreams. So many things that we desire to do. But how many of those things went into autopilot when life started getting busy? Right? That when you were younger and when God was moving in your heart and moving in your lives, there were things that God called you to do and you knew it. It burned in you, and it could be missions, it could be serving the homeless, it could be whatever it was. It could be just, man, baking bread and helping people who are coming out of jail. Whatever it is, you used to dream big, but then life was busy, and you started dreaming smaller because then we started chasing what everyone else was chasing, and you still feel empty, and you're like, oh, it's okay. I'm like everyone else. So, let's, so we ramp up bigger houses, bigger things, bigger TVs, and then we try to feel better getting bigger, but we don't feel any better because at the end of the day, we have a mission that that God has put us on unless we are living the mission, the call that God has put us on and we're missing the part of the God life in us, you will always be searching. You will always be searching. Autopilot does not work. Chasing, security, comfort. Have you, this is most of our prayers. God, help me. Like, this is, this is so lame, but I know this is many of our prayers. Like, make sure that everything is okay. 
make sure my kids are healthy, make sure nothing goes wrong with me, make sure my business is perfect, make sure I don't get fired. And like everything is about our security and our safety. It sounds like nothing like the prayers in the Bible. It sounds like the Americanized version of prayer. I'm not like putting us down, I'm putting myself down. Because I pray these prayers and I'm like, what am I doing, God? What am I doing when you have given us so much more? We obsess over the same desires that have left people empty for generations and then we do the same thing and wondering if it would bring us success or happiness, right? Because we're afraid to sell out to God. We're afraid to sell out, so we settle, refusing to go all the way with God and we miss the life that God has promised us. We are comfortable. I'm going to use this mic, right? We're comfortable. We're comfortable. So we obsess over the same desires, and so we're comfortable. We settle, right, and miss the promises of God. And yet I would say that most of us, I would say most Christians who say they are sold out for God are empty, looking for more, looking for things. God has already promised those who go all in. So many are bored and empty. I don't know about you, but you catch yourself bored and empty sometimes. You find yourself bored. You're like, I'm bored, man. Have, you, have your kids ever said, I'm bored, and it drives you nuts? It drives me nuts. I'm like, it's, I tell my kids, it's because you're boring. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the best dad. I need, like, dad therapy, all right? It's like, stop being boring, right? And, but we get, we get to the same place because we stopped at the cross, and we have not experienced the resurrection life. Just what if there's more to life than this? And think, I think you already know there is. I think you already know there's more to life than this. You just can't put your finger on it, so you settle, but you know in your heart of hearts it's not enough. So, John, tell me what this resurrected life is about. It's God's power in your life to walk and live as Jesus did. He actually said, you will do greater things than I'm doing because I'm going to the Father. You're like, what are you talking about, Jesus? He says, just go all in. God created you to be the difference and the, to the people right next to you where God has placed you. And we miss the mission that matters most, that's eternal, greater than fame, fortune, comfort, and security. And we're called to be good news to people far from God, to the dying without Jesus, to proclaim freedom, to liberate the oppressed, to be the light of the world. And I know this might not make sense to you in suburbia Thornton, but I'm telling you, you're called to more than just to live and die. See, we are called to lead them to Jesus, whose kingdom there's no poverty, no oppression, no injustice, no pain, and no defeat. But you're saying, John, Poverty, oppression, injustice, pain is all around me. And I want to tell you exactly. I know that's why you're here. That's why you're here. If you can't flip that switch to understand that that's why we're here. But John, what can I do? Start small. Just listen to people. Care. Give your time. Give up Starbucks for uh, for one week a month, like uh, once a week, and you can support someone in Ethiopia, just for one Starbucks a week, right? Instead of having five thousand channels, have a hundred. You don't even watch five thousand channels. You just watch Sports Center anyway, right? Take the money and give it to something better than what you're doing, right? How, how do you how do, take your family? Make some burritos, get some clothes, and give it to a family that needs burritos and clothes. Just start somewhere. 
Start somewhere. You don't need to move to Bangladesh, all right? Maybe you do. Some of us, we do need to take a change, right? But you don't need to move to Bangladesh. Just start. Next time you get a bonus, plan on changing someone's life, not the size of your television. I know. Unless we plan to be the change, we won't do it when it comes. And it's funny because we're like, John, John, when I win the lotto, I can't wait to be such a blessing to people. I'm telling you, you won't. If you're not a blessing now, you won't be a blessing then. Wherever you are, there you are. Don't buy into the better version of you. You are who you are. That's, that's who we are. We try to buy into this better version of us, but wherever we are, there we are. If God would change your life with riches, you would still be where you are, just with more stuff and more people who don't like you, right? Because you wouldn't give it to that one aunt that's crazy, right? But I'm telling you, we, to live a fuller life, you need to take our focus off ourselves. And I just want to say this. You know the biggest problem with our lives that, God, that Jesus talks about? It's how we focus on ourselves. We're like, what are you talking about? Do you know why you get mad at work? Because it's about you, isn't it? Do you know why we get mad in relationships? You're like, because I deserve better. Me, right? Do, we, do you know why you get mad at your kids when they embarrass you? It's because you have a certain look about how you should be looked upon. And you can't see from their point of view. And so the more we focus on ourselves, the more the weight, the more we complicate our lives. And Jesus has come and he says, get your mind off you. Get your thoughts off you. You want to be free. Stop thinking about yourself so much. And it's crazy because the more we think about ourselves, the more bitter we get, the more depressed we get. Let's think outside. Let's think mission. You are ambassadors of the reconciliation. That's what it says. I was thinking about agents of shield. You are agents of Christ. And it says right here in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 to 20. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him no longer. Then he says, therefore, if you are in Christ, and I'm speaking to Christians right here, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Be behold, the new has come. Are we living in the newness of life? Verse 18, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You have a ministry. Tell your neighbor, you have a ministry. Not just me, you have a ministry. I'm not the pastor, you're the pastor. I can't be the pastor of your workplace. You're the pastor of your workplace. But we don't take it seriously. We want them to go to the pastor, but you're the pastor. You have a ministry of reconciliation, it says, that is in Christ. God was reconciling the world himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message, this message, this role of reconciliation to you. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God is making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. He made him who knew no sin to be sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Let's stand. I guess this message for me was to awaken Christian hearts and to tell people who are checking this Jesus thing out what Christianity is all about. And I want to tell you this, there is no Christianity without obedience. There is no Christianity without giving something up, without saying, God, you own me, you got me. There is no discipleship in that. If we stop at the cross and say, give me something, save my soul, and then we stop there and we don't live in the resurrected newness of life, we have stopped half 
the meaning of our purpose. I say move on. Let's move past the cross and live into the resurrected life. That's what we're called to. Don't stop at the cross. Don't stop at religion when God's life was waiting for you. Don't stop at the promise, at, at, at the easy, and take the commitment. Go. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you, but it's worth it. Bring heaven down. Go all in, guys. Just let's bow our heads for a moment. Go all in. It would be easy just to speak a a message about how good Jesus is and we clap for Jesus but I want to challenge us to our core to the very things that we love the most the very things that give us control security and comfort and I want to break those down to ask you is that what Christianity is is that what God is calling us to I ask you go all in the reason Jesus seems aloof or boring is because we're still on this search and we're unfulfilled. The reason we get caught up in complaining and we can't deal with our past or, or bitterness overwhelms you or we get addicted to pornography, whatever it is, because we need more, it's because we miss the mission, the big picture of God. Go all in. Heavenly Father, I pray right now, there's people in this room that know about Jesus, we know about the cross, we know about the resurrection, but we know we have not gone all in, God. And I'm speaking to those who are Christians, who proclaim Jesus as Savior. If you're in this room and you are challenged by this message, it's not my challenge, it's God's challenge. It's not my message, it's God's message. If that's you, I want you to do some work in your heart. Have I been chasing the wrong things? And at what point will I chase God? At what point? And for those who do not know Jesus and the Holy Spirit speaking to you, I want you to respond in a way to say, God, you're compelling my heart. That's all I can say. You're moving my soul. It's not anything this Korean guy is saying. It's what you're doing in me. God, I pray I need to start somewhere I'm going to give my commitment to you. Start there. There's so much messed up things in my life, but I want to put it in your hands and say, make something beautiful, God. Make something beautiful. Because there is coming a day when the mirage of life is going to be lifted and we will see God face to face. And so many things won't matter. We already know it doesn't. Until that day, I pray that we have today, we have life, we have hope and a mission of this resurrected life. How will you now live? How will you now live? Go all in. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's sing this song one last time. Sing it out. Your name is glorious. We lift you up higher, higher. See what God has done and lift him up.
We're gonna shift it real fast. We're gonna shift it to this new, this new thing. You know? Because we're in this resurrected life now. We've gone from the old to the new. So here's what we're gonna do this morning. We're gonna leave out of this place in a celebratory way. Lift in his name high. Let's go. Let's just put our hands together, guys. Go all in on your worship, guys. I'm coming back to the start Where you found me I'm coming back to your heart Now I surrender, take me Sing it out. Here we go, put your hands. one more time and then we're going to leave but I just hope that like something comes alive in you and you respond to Jesus that's it that's all we want here and in a, in a reality way in a real way let's love one another as we go out and do the egg hunt thing uh, but just get to know people God bless you guys
You guys are dismissed. Have a wonderful Easter. Thank you for coming. Have a great day.